war itself had become more perilous. The weapons had evolved. But our orders remained the same. Hunt them down and kill them off, one by one. Hello, hello! Welcome to What the Jess Podcast. I'm your host, you guessed it, I'm Jess. Thank you so much for joining me. So just sit back and relax and enjoy the show. So before we get started, I'm going to do a quick little background of the movie, sort of a synopsis to catch you guys up since it's been a while. And just a note here, if you haven't seen any of these movies, obviously these are spoilers. So here we go. Spoiler, spoiler, one, two, three. All right. So Underworld uh, takes place in a gothic kind of a background. Um, A war pretty much has been raging for centuries between vampires uh, and and their mortal enemies, which are lichens. Um, And it's been that way for 1400 years, probably longer. Uh, Celine, who plays uh, this really beautiful vampire death dealer, um, she's assigned to hunt down and eradicate the lichens or werewolves. And while doing so, she uncovers a plot uh, by the lichens that want to capture a human whose name is Michael. And something about him holds the key to ending the war, but no one will believe her. And then the power of balance is upset and Celine pretty much has to decide where her allegiance will lie and who started the war. So basically it's just this really slick gothic love story with bunches of action sequences and blood and gore. It's great. So anyway, now you're all called up. So that's Underworld in a nutshell. And having said that, I am going to bring in my friend and co-host Jeff Sturm and get the show going. Hey, Jeff. Good morning. Morning, Jessica. How are you? You are one of the few people that can get me up this early to do a podcast. <laughs> I have my hot chocolate and I got my underworld in the background on mute. I'm good. How about you? I'm I'm awesome. I was up all night working on my, my writing and stuff. So it's been story of my life on uh, well, quarantine why here. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit of what you do and your movie studio. Just give us a little idea who you are. Well, in uh, December of 2018, I started... Oh, really still starting my label 7376 films based out of Hartford and what I'm doing now is I'm working on my first script for a film called Time Loop which is about a time traveling cosplayer and (laughs) it's been it's been a it's been amazing I've just gotten so much great support from um, local actors here in Connecticut and it's you know, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I'm doing it because this is an idea that I've wanted to do for a long, long time now. And it just started to come together just really within the past year. Just, you know, uh, like I just ideas just started coming out and I was doing like conference calls with friends. I had um, my first script treatment back in May and it's been a real experience for me because I've been doing indie stuff and filming uh, on different projects since 2012, but this is the first project that has my name on it. That's truly like mine. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. And if, uh, 
the listeners here don't know, of course, is that uh, we've known each other for about 14 years. And uh, how exactly did we meet? <laughs> we, we met because in, you know, back in the day, I watched a little movie called Underworld Evolution. And uh, there was this old thing on the Internet called MySpace. <laughs> yep. And I just started friending people that had Celine as their avatar, and you were one of those people, or you friended me. I'm not really sure, but I don't remember. I, I don't know. And uh, the thing with Underworld Evolution, that movie really is like one of the many reasons why I got into movie making. It is like just the mm -hmm. detail that was given, the story, everything about it was just amazing I just everybody was on point um even like even little things like the little details that were on like the costumes and the background and there are things that only a graphic artist would you know e even notice right mm -hmm. like, uh, and, and yeah. i was doing uh i was writing a prequel to underworld called uh blood ties and we were shooting we were doing the photo shoots doing some underworld stuff and uh, I got the costume, which I still own, by the way. Hmm. Um, and I think you wanted to do some uh, website or uh, stuff with my image or something, right? It wasn't it was something like that. It was like, a, hey, I can't get Kate. Can I use you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something I, like um, that. I, I was doing a few projects because Underworld really got me into art. And I just, you know, I wanted to do some edits for you and then... Um, Inspired by Underworld was a project called Sturm Gothic that it, it had several different versions of it and it kind of turned into a little bit of an ongoing series and it was very much inspired by the film. I spent a lot of time doing like uh, details. I had actually my own photo shoots with models and it was all because of Underworld. It was all because of just that, that you know, that spark of inspiration that I got into all this, you know, and uh, doing Photoshop edits for you. That was just one of the very first steps for me. And now here I am. We're Yeah, I mean, we have definitely evolved, haha, hmm. um, into things, uh, directions that we not necessarily were uh, at the time thinking we were going to end up doing, but but for the, the better, you know, I'm not acting anymore, but I'm still doing music. Um, and I'm doing podcasting now and look where you are. I mean, it's just like a whole, you know, 360, oh, yeah. just right back. Everything ties right back to underworld. It, it really does. It's, it's just, a, it's just kind of like, you know, you never know what life is going to give you. And I think 2020 has really taught all of us that. Yeah, that's but for sure. It's, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, Underworld was a bad thing. It was a great thing. It was just kind of like I was at the time I was in this rut in school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I was struggling with like, you know, what I was doing. I wasn't happy with it. And then I just started doing the Photoshop stuff. And it, one, one thing led to another. And I just started doing edits for people. And then I started the Sturm Gothic project. And then it had a reboot in 2012. And it um, literally, if it wasn't for that movie and if it wasn't for all the brilliance that went into it and also, you know, meeting you, you know, just having somebody that I could talk to for hours on end about the movie, you know, <laughs> it was like, hey, this is someone else who's also into it, is also into the arts. Mm 
and just being able to talk to somebody about that it, it just lets you know that you're on the right path because yeah. if that didn't happen i probably would not have done anything that right. i've done um i think it's a good thing and i wish you luck with the film stuff and who knows maybe i'll send you some of my music at some point <laughs> mm. but uh all right let's dive into this so the thing i realized about underworld is in 2003 um when underworld came out it sort of ushered in the new wave of crave craving for the public to have vampire werewolf films and tv shows and you know after underworld i think they had underworld evolution and then that spawned the twilight series and then they had the vampire diaries and true blood and all this cool stuff so it, it's not even just about the movie underworld it brought back that whole neo-goth uh feel environment stylistic stuff the music you know um so that was one of my first impressions was wow this is really cool and it's got a girl in the lead i think celine was just amazing i think that the, everything about the character um, the way how she kind of comes full circle that like she basically becomes like weaponized because of Victor. And then she finds out that, you know, Victor was the reasoning for everything and, you know, kind of ends his, uh, his little reign of terror there, but that starts a new chapter. And I, I kind of felt that everything about all the characters actually was, just kind of amazing the way how everything was just so well thought out and the timelines and just, you know, the whole core Venus mm -hmm. um, with the brothers. Um, but no, Kate was amazing in that film. Um, because Agreed. Just the way how like she could like express like the character without doing exposition. And it, it, it was just, you know, it, it was just deep because it was someone who's been around for a long time. And had like, you know, one goal in mind, which was to kill Lycans, but there was much more to it than that. It was more than just another, you know, action hero that there was a, an actual person that was going through. Well, yeah, uh, the thing I took away, that's a good point is she really does struggle in the movie because her whole life she's believed that Lycans have killed her entire family. And then she meets Michael, this human who becomes a Lycan and she has to sort of before she finds out the whole truth, oh, spoilers, by the way, is, uh, you know, which, what do I do? My whole life is over here on this side as a death dealer, but I love this guy, and he's supposed to be my enemy, but I don't think he is my enemy. What do I do? So that's a good point. You know, there's a lot of struggle, and she, uh, Kate Beckinsale did a great job bringing her to life. Yeah, the whole story is just, like, it's really deep, and for people that haven't seen the film, I, I recommend watch underworld and then underworld evolution immediately right after that and, and then stop and then, yeah, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then just stop and then just take it all in just take it all in because it, it, it i i used to do that i used to watch i used to go from one dvd to the next because evolution is the perfect complement mm -hmm. to underworld one it is like like legit they should be the same movie um i'm sure somebody at some point you know unofficially edited the two of them together because it, it is just perfect. It yeah, and, and I'm going to touch on some statistics real quick. Um, the gross worldwide box office take for all these Underworld movies, there's five of them currently, is at $550 million, which is 
decent for a low budget type movie, which is, you know, their budgets were only between 20 to 40 million. So that's pretty good. We are only going to focus on the uh, first two because to me, the, the others after that are just, they're just nowhere near as good. And to be honest, Rise of the Lycans is decent. Uh, there's some good moments, but Awakenings is completely unwatchable. It's uh, not good. Um, and then the last one, Blood Wars, was a little better, but also kind of unwatchable. So it's kind of a shame to see such a beautiful world sort of crumble and become something we don't recognize. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but that's what I think. Well, I, I'm I'm from the camp that you know, maybe it's like a J.J. Abrams alternate reality kind of thing, or, you know, maybe in a later film, it'll be, oh, it was all a dream, but it's it's not. But I mean, the other films, uh, they're, they're like, they're popcorn movies, you know, they're not like, by themselves, they're decent. But the first two films, you're right, this, the detail that was given to the story and everything was just amazing. And when you actually like you know look into like the mythos of it that the vampires like you know they 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 leave a lot to the imagination which i like they say like they own their own company that makes like some synthetic blood and then that's kind of it but what that does that opens up your imagination that's like oh that's how they can afford to do what they're doing and then the lichens um spoilers people who haven't seen the movie you find out like um, the police officers are lichens, but they don't really give a lot of backstory into that. And you have to realize the story that's going on, it is literally another society coexisting with our own, which is really deep. And it opens up so many like side stories, you know? Right. And that to me, I mean, it's just amazing. It can just branch off in any direction. And Kevin and everyone that, you know, worked on on the script, they put time into this. And when I do my writing, I'm very big into world building. I'm very big into the characters not having to explain each other to themselves. And, like, you know, when you see them, you clearly know what their motivations are. And the first two films do that amazingly well. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of the first movie, just concentrating on that real quick, what was your favorite scene or scenes from that film that you always, when you think of Underworld, what comes to your mind immediately? Well, for one, spoilers, people that haven't seen it yet, but <laughs> it, it just comes out immediately and, you know, it just smacks you right in the face is the opening with Kate, Celine, just jumping off of the tower, like 120 feet you know, off the giant cathedral and then just kind of landing like a cat jumping off of a table, like doesn't yeah. impact anything. And, and that, that to me, like, I know it was a stunt work, but it's just done so well that you just, you can't tell. Right. Yeah. And it, it, it's also just the coloring throughout the whole movie, the way how they only leave in certain shades of blue and red and for different scenes that would change. But for the most part, it was some scenes are almost black and white, um, not quite. But I, for storytelling purposes, I, I think that really helped. Yeah, and I think for me, I agree with you. The opening sequence is like she doesn't even talk for the first twelve minutes of the movie. I don't know if you knew that, um, but the opening sequence with the subway and all that, and then I really liked the scene towards the end where she shows up in full death dealer mode to go 
into the you know sewer or whatever the heck it is to go after those lichens and the music that kicks up the, the soundtrack is phenomenal the score mm. um i have like i have all the cds as well as you do <laughs> but those two really stand out to me and the, the interaction with selena michaels really really well casted um and it's a shame that scott speedman didn't come back after that because i feel like the biggest mistake of the underworld trilogy is that it wasn't a true trilogy and they never finished the movie after evolution there was supposed to be another one and kind of they for whatever reason scott didn't want to come back right so he they decided to do a, a prequel which i guess you know okay maybe but it's too bad he wasn't able to finish the third movie and really tie up the bookend because i think that's where it all feels a little bit hollow is that you know that there was supposed to be something else after and there wasn't very true uh, to to me the character michael he is the relationship that he has with Celine, it's it's a mirror to Sonia and Lucian, but you don't quite know that much about them. And I feel like with the third movie, that's kind of what they were trying to emulate because that is that was the backstory of Celine that she reminded Victor of Sonia. Sonia's child would have been a hybrid, and Michael is a hybrid. He is really the first hybrid. And I, I kind of feel like that they the, the whole movie is, you know, people that haven't seen it, it is explaining, you know, graphically and also through a little bit of just just a little bit of exposition, the, the backstory of Michael, where he is, uh, I don't know, he's either an intern or he's doing something in a hospital, but you see him in the surgical gown, you know, he's got a moderately stressful job. But the, his whole thing is, is he is a descendant of the very first immortal of Alexander Corvinus. And Alexander, three sons, one became the first vampire, one became the first werewolf, and one just was human. And he was a warlord. And when he came back from war, everyone in his village, including his family, had the plague. And so when he came back from basically killing people, people came back, you know, in the plague. And so that literally it's a metaphor that that plague kind of was like, you know, I, I don't want to quite say karma, but that resulted in the vampires and the werewolves and countless, you know, like uh, conflict through yeah. most of history. And, you know, I, I, I'm an artist and I'm a writer, so I'm always going to have my own little take on things. And that's just what I walked away with that it's kind of like a Greek tragedy and you find out in evolution again, spoilers that um, he's really been doing damage control for hundreds of years with his own kind of separate group. And it's kind of like this guild complex and Michael is his only like great, great many times removed grandson. But Michael just thinks he's just some dude. He has no idea what's right. going on. Yeah, he is totally lost. There's just people chasing him through subways. And, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, someone who shouldn't be able to pick him up with one hand is able to pick him up with one hand and pin him against the wall. And he, he's a big dude, you know? So that's all he knows. He doesn't know anything about anything about any of this stuff. Um, so, yeah, that literally the most important person on the planet doesn't know it. That's a good point. I, I didn't think of it that way, but I think your your illustration is perfect, actually. Um, and I think that that's why I think the first movie and the second movie marry so well together, because it's like you said, if you just blink and this next movie started right away, 
they are literally part of the same movie, but the rest are very disjointed compared to the first two. I think that's why my interest sort of, I love Celine no matter what, but I just don't think they're great movies after Evolution. Yeah, I mean, they are what they are. It's, you know, people like them. They'll, they'll still keep going to see them. But it's not really, in my mind, part of the same story. It's kind of like, it's it's just enough of a continuation to, you know, for people to go and see and see their favorite character. Because Celine is one of my favorite characters um, ever right. in, in movies. It's just everything about the character is just kind of insane if you think about it it's like you know she knows all this hand-to-hand combat but also she's like incredibly well learned um just her ability to figure things out she's kind of like batman if batman had actual powers wow that's a good interest yeah you know like like her mind is like actually her strongest weapon and that's probably why she survived for so long. Like, I don't think that a lot of the other death dealers had the kind of longevity that she did. Um, you know, that's, that was just my take on it. That, like, you know, it's a someone whose IQ is well above, you know, even the other vampires. And it, it's somebody who, like, was just so determined to just continue to, continue to better herself that I think that's how in the movie... Um, I don't want to give too much away, but the situation she's put in when she meets Michael is she's able to adapt and, you know, just mentally mm-hmm. strong. She's able to adapt to something where anybody else in a situation where they've been doing the same thing. I mean, like, when, when you do the same job, even for a few years, you kind of go into like a robot mode. Imagine mm-hmm. doing the same job for a few hundred years. I mean, yeah, thousands, yeah. Thousands, yeah. And yet she's able to just, you know, grudgingly adapt and try and you know just even through kate's facial expressions be able to figure out that there's more to this guy because why would the lichens be going after somebody who they shouldn't be going after like why would they care you know it, right. it's just kind of watching the and, and she also and she also has really good empathy the character as well so she's not just some you know vampire that just randomly oh i'm just gonna kill you because i don't like you kind of like craven he is no you know empathy whatsoever she does still have it which makes her unique yeah very much agree yeah she is she held on to just enough of being human that 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 always affected like you know in a good way her decisions because it's just you know basically still having a heart a craven has none craven his whole as far as he cares the whole world has to revolve around himself i mean you like just if you uh watch the movie he's dressed up like elvis you know (laughs) yes he's got he's got the big gold collar and you know he's all he needs to do is little hip dance when you know and and put on the, the big stupid glasses and then he's basically vampire elvis and <laughs> you know he just has all he just has all the pretty vampires following him all over the mansion and it's like why and it, he doesn't have much respect for anybody he pretends to have respect for the people that he answers to um like celine has got to be like one of the most dangerous people on the planet and he's basically just barking at her like an idiot and she's ignoring him because basically she knows that you know nothing he says matters 
Right. He's kind of like somebody whose claim to fame was something that happened a long time ago. And it, it is because he claimed to kill Lucian. I don't know when, like 1301 or something or and that was it. Yeah, and uh, and and building on that as well is he was this tough guy. I'm talking about Craven. He was this tough dude who you know every all the vampires were scared of. But you find out towards the end of the film he's actually a coward, and you know gets what's coming to him in evolution. But so it's another poignant, I guess, argument of someone that has all this power that that wants people to quake in fear of them. But in reality, they are scared little boys, and it only takes one little thing to to make them regress into, you know, a child, basically. You know, towards the end when um, he's hiding in that closet and she opens the door with Michael, it's like, what? What is this guy doing in here? He's supposed to be this big, bad vampire, and he really isn't. Um, something that was very subtle um, in the end scene, and I... I when when I saw this, it didn't I didn't quite understand it. It wasn't until a while later. Craven slips off of a ladder and he just boom falls and hits the ground like on his side. And meanwhile, if that was Celine, she would have just landed and on her feet or any of the other vampires, because we've even seen the others jump down too. He he slips on a ladder. Like <laughs> he can't even vampire right. I, I mean that's like <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, and so I guess what I want to try to do at this point is just to kind of wrap up our thoughts on both movies, because I want to throw out a few really cool trivia facts that I found out about Underworld before we go that I thought were really cool. Um, I'm going to go ahead real quick and just sort of say that, in my opinion, for those that love vampire movies and like to think a little bit. They are fantastic movies. Um, they're well acted. The action sequences are, they're really like stellar. I don't know any other word that's silly, but, um, but I think mostly though, it's just the fact that someone took a time to write uh, a vampire film with werewolves that have an actual story to it. So it's like a little slow here and there, but it's all, you know, story building, which I really like. It's not some mindless you know, let's just kill all these people and call it a vampire movie. They they don't do that. They they literally build upon scene by scene by scene, movie by movie by movie, um, or at least up until all the, uh, evolution. Um, you know, I don't know. I guess you could look at the other films as just more popcorn stuff. But and to be fair, there were also other directors and producers. It wasn't the same people. So we'll give them a little break on that part. But um yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen these films, hey, October's coming up. This is why we're doing Underworld as my first episode. It's Halloween. Go check them out. Um, Jeff, what do you think? Closing argument on the films. Closing argument on the films. They are awesome. They like uh, even if you even if you're not into like vampires and werewolves, they're not your typical vampire werewolf movie. They're they're really not. It's the story is really deep. Um, people, I'm sure, have gone to this movie and thought it was just going to be another, another action film, and they really aren't. It's they're just so well done. Um, right. it, it's everything, and, and they work in like you know, like a mythology that, you know, it like people aren't aware of it, and then they work in a mythology for why we're not aware of that mythology, and you find out in evolution about. Uh, Corvinus that he's been doing like like I said his cleanup so 
the other werewolves and the vampires don't even know about that. So you've got an underworld to the underworld right. kind of thing. I, I mean, it, it is really deep. Um, and it's even things that you find out about like, you know, Victor and Marcus and a little bit even about Amelia. There's not um, much because, you know, movie length, they can't explain everything, but the whole, like, you know, one's awake, two are asleep. And then you find out like just through like, you know, along the way, the reasoning for it, you know, mm -hmm. they can't all be like, you know, too many chefs in the kitchen kind of thing. Um, leap, you know, what is it? Time, leap, frogging through time yeah they they leapfrog it, it i mean it, it is a very 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 deep movie um and the thing i like about it even the characters that don't have big parts they've got motivation um like you know it's not the same motivation though like they're all very 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 different and you think at first like it's a very kind of like you know this is the good guy, that's the bad guy. And it, it's not, it's, it, you know, you realize not even that far into the movie. It, I, I feel that there really is no good or bad. It's people that have been just, you know, misled, you know, mm -hmm. so to speak. that like the werewolves, they're not really the bad guy and the vampires. It's just, you know, depending on the perspective right. of what's going on, but no, it, 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 it is super deep. Um, I think I've said that a lot already, but uh, it, it's, you know, it deserves not just a, a watch. It deserves a rewatch, you know. It gets better with every single viewing. It's on all the time on TV, and if it's on, I just, whatever I'm doing, I just put it on. I just keep watching it. It doesn't matter if it's halfway through the movie or not. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so, listen, this is what I want to throw out there because I found these facts pretty cool. Um and I will say before that, that uh, Kate Beckinsale was asked recently about the sixth Underworld movie that's in pre-pre-production, uh, if she was a part of it because there were rumors that she was, and she confirmed she is not attached to this film and that she is not returning. So they're going to have to figure out <clears throat> if they're doing this is a soft reboot, maybe hundreds of years down the road to new people, which I think that's probably what they need to do. Um, but just so anyone was wondering, there is no Celine in the next Underworld franchise. Her character is now done. So there's that. Um, anyway, all right. So I found out these five little tidbits uh, that I thought were interesting. Uh, Halle Berry was actually offered the part of Celine and obviously didn't take that. That's What do you think of that? I don't know. Um, I think that it would have been interesting. Uh, she would have brought like her own, you know, Halle Berry like zeal to it because everything she does is, is pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> and I, she doesn't repeat like, you know, characters. Um, I, I think I think that would have been cool. Um, I don't I, it's just tough to envision anyone other than Kate doing the Celine. Yeah. Role. But I mean, it would have been a, it would have been a very different movie because she would have been like, you know, it, 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 Hallie is awesome. Everything that she does is just, you know, yeah, amazing. And she, she spends a lot of time trying to make her character really its own character. So I, I don't know. I, I think that would have <laughs> been cool, honestly. But thank God she didn't take it. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. So okay, the next one here. Uh, we all know Michael Sheen from playing Lucian. Obviously, he is the other main character in the film. Um, but 
he was offered the role at first to play Michael. That's bizarre. I can't even picture that. Oh, it, it is because um, for people who don't know this, wasn't he married to Kate when they were making yes. the film or before the film? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that would have been a little a little weird. Um, and uh, oof, oof, just so, many, <laughs> so many things buzzing through my mind. Um it's oh, just weird. Boy. We'll just it, say it's weird. It, it, it's just weird because you're going to, if I keep talking, I'm going to go off into like, you know, <laughs> like alternate university stuff. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's weird. weird. We'll, we'll leave it at that. It's, it's weird. Okay. All right. Next one. Uh, so Rona Mitra or Mitra, or however you want to pronounce it. She plays Sonya in the rise of the Lycans. Um, and I had mentioned a few days ago when I was talking to you that I didn't understand when they were filming the first movie, the flashback scenes, why they used a blonde because Sonya is supposed to be uh, a mirror image of Celine, which is why Victor saved her. Um, and in Rise of the Lycans, they do the same scene, but they use her and she's got brown hair. So that was always weird. But then I just found out that the new Blu-ray versions of the Underworld film, which now I have to go rebuy, has the actual scene reversed and now it's the rise of the lichens uh flashback that's in underworld now instead of the original which i'm thrilled about but she was offered the role of celine as well and that one would have probably been okay because we wouldn't have even known about kate but Mm. well the first thing that comes into my mind is um with the putting the scene in the first film you know how with um Star Wars New Hope, where they added that two-minute thing of Luke building the lightsaber and people went to the theater to go see that addition. I, I, th- I think that if they re-released it, you would have all the fans going back. Um, it's good they're doing that because that, you know, when you pay attention to the movie, that it, it's one of these things where it sticks out, but it's only if you really think about it because when they were filming the first movie, I don't know if they were, had the sequel in mind. Um you know, budgetary possibilities and whatnot, but it's good that they like fixed it. You know, it's yeah. interesting. And she does look a lot like Kate. She does. She does. Um, I think it would have, well, like you said, we wouldn't have known Kate and it might've brought like a different um, like draw to the character, especially if she was playing Sonia in the third film, just differently. Like, um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it would have been a, a very different movie because Kate brings her own kind of screen presence. And I'm not saying that in, the other actresses and actors don't. It's just it would have been a different kind of film. Um, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, some people, like I remember even when uh, Evolution came out, people were talking about that little teeny tiny continuity error. And it, it's I didn't even think about it that much at first. It wasn't until people started mentioning it. And I'm like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got you on that one. All right, and here's the last one. They, the producers of Underworld, came to Marvel, Marvel Studios, as we all know, for all the Avengers things, uh, proposed a crossover movie with Celine and Blade, and I thought it was a rumor, but it wasn't a rumor. It actually happened. Um, but Marvel declined because they, at the time, they hadn't built their universe yet, but they were trying to keep their properties like blade separate have their own market and all that but i think it was a mistake i think it would have been really cool that would have been 
amazing. And I'll tell you why. They would have been able to have worked in a lot into Underworld because just the fact they don't discuss much else that's going on in like the human world, it, it left that wide open. And so to bring in, um, you know, Blade or really in any other character, they would have been, they would have had to have tweaked a few things, obviously, but I, th that, I think that would have been pretty cool. I think that would have been pretty cool to bring in um, another vampire type character because they're very different. They are two very, very, very different people. Um, you know, they're, they're both kind of the shoot first and ask questions later, but one of them is not like that all the time. That's <laughs> right. And the question is who would win Selena Blade? Uh, so I think, I think, I think they would both win. I think, I think they would just kind of like even each other out. I don't really think that it would have been, <laughs> would have been so cool to see that. <laughs> but they would have done it right. They would have, instead of just two people shooting each other and bullets bouncing off, like, you know, like two Kryptonians, I, I think, I think they would have done it much more like creatively than what even I can come up with. I think that would have been pretty cool. Me too. I, I like to dream of what a world that might've been. And so, wow, what a fun day today. Fun, fun subject. Uh, it's kind of sad that it's wrapping up, but I uh, wanted to thank you for stopping by. And uh, do you have any closing things you want to say? You want to promote some of your stuff? How um, about it? Yeah, if you guys want to check me out, um, I am 7376films on Instagram. Um, I want to give a shout out actually to um, a buddy of mine, Joe McGee. His film Reflections is coming out and uh, 7376 is a sponsor. Um, I've just uh, I got my website up. It is 7376films.com. Um, it's been fun uh, being on the show with you today, Jess. I'm so excited to play this to my friends and family and hopefully uh, get it out to the public and get some people out there to see Underworld because it's, it's really a good film. Um, and I think it was a great choice for my first episode. So thanks again, and I'll talk to you later, Jeff. All right. Awesome. See you around. Well, guys, thank you for joining me for my premiere episode and going back in time with me to revisit the Underworld series, one of my favorite films of all time. I also want to thank my friend and co-host for the day, Jeff Stern. Thank you very much for joining me, and thank you to everyone else who tuned in. Just for you, a treat. We're going to take this podcast out with one of the coolest tracks from the Underworld soundtrack, Agent Provocators, Red Tape. Enjoy. See you next time.